Uh, good evening, good morning, good day, sunshine, and goodness gracious me. And good night, you missed that out. <laughs> it's Mark and Colly with another Beetle Places podcast. Hey. With Mark and Col. Nice to be here. Well, welcome, one and all, and uh, anyone else I've left out. Uh, him over there. Uh, him over there. Uh, this time around, we yep. have uh, something new for you. Oh. Ooh. And it's not just day-glow socks. <laughs> don't you like them? Well, they're all right, I suppose. Yeah. Turn the lights off. They go on your feet, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> not there. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter what our, uh, our sort of clothing's all about tonight. Right. We're just ever so pleased to bring you a brand new feature tonight to our regular podcast, which is usually The Beetle Places with Mark and Col, mm. ever reliable. Yes, this time around, we've done something new. And it took us by surprise and all. Ah, yeah, yes, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly flabbergasted me. It's called Beatles with an A. That's an A. And guess what? We'll be dedicating each show to a, a letter of the alphabet. Ah. Starting naturally enough with the letter A. Of course. And then uh, I think uh, in each show we'll be talking about the, all the things Beatles and all things Liverpool using that letter. A. Got a, it. What? Yeah, yeah and, and guess even oh, what? Oh, A, what? not A. No, no. Just A. Or hey, right. horses eat that. Ah. Uh, and guess what, Mark? Guess mm. what? Even more what? Here's the clever bit. Oh. Next time we do another letter. Oh, that's And good we keep idea. on going through the alphabet. You get the, you get the gist of Who it. Who thought now. of that then? Uh, it just came to me like that. That's Actually, about an hour. It took about yeah. an hour. Yeah, yeah but here we, that's the idea. Beatles with an A. That's good and then for next you. time, Beatles with a B and Beatles with a C. And blah, blah, blah. All the way to the end. Yeah, so um, that's what we're going to do, or have a go at, anyway. Yeah, we don't want it to be too complicated, oh, no, no. as uh, an idea, as uh, Cole <laughs> tends to glaze over, <laughs> like uh, pork. <laughs> and uh, after about five minutes, anyway, or so, maybe he's just, uh, <gasps> it's his medication, or he's, or he's meditating or something like that, or just the way he looks, which... Uh, oh, thanks. My money's on the latter, so... Uh, <laughs> I heard that. He does look a bit yeah, funny. Yeah, I heard that. Well, any road up... Aye. Uh, each Beatles with an A show podcast will include Beatles songs with an A, Beatles people with an A, Beatles places with an A, and a bunch more with an A. So just to make sure we ain't missed anything topic-wise in the letter we're doing that night, we'll even include a random Beatles bit towards the end of the show too. Oh, so that sounds exciting. It is. Oh, hi, blimey. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all packaged and parceled and wrapped up nicely with good old features that you already love and appreciate. Well, we think uh, they do anyway. Yeah, well, nobody's uh, told us anything no, else Nothing yet, yet no. no. No letters have come through yet. Uh, namely, uh, the Beatles quiz. Hey! This month in Beatle history. <laughs> and as you've come to expect, it's delivered in the happy-go-lucky style are those sons of fun, <laughs> Mark and Carl, who both refuse to take life seriously, yes. despite the written warnings and the letters from the police. <laughs> it's, so, so you can guess, folks, it's more than a thrill to return to the podcast airwaves once again to present you with a Beatles with an A podcast, especially for you lot, packed with more juiciness than a radioactive kiwi fruit. Can you picture that? And, I can, um, yeah. um, We think you're actually going to enjoy it. So set your sat-nav to this destination, and off we're going to jolly well go. We'll make the next 17 hours just fl- <laughs> just fly by. Oh, no. Only kidding, only kidding, only kidding. Turn on, tune in, and uh, drop out, And really. drop off. Yeah, it has dropped <laughs> off. But let's uh, start again. Yes. But as with every Beatles podcast, Mark and me... Colin, him. Colin and me, and him over there. <laughs> uh, we need to go over a checklist before we get started. So um, We do, we do. Right, are you ready? Yes. Uh, 
<coughs> checklist. Uh, got, got your checklist. Yes. Okay. Checklist. Tick. Uh, Mark. Tick. That's me. Uh, Cole. Tick. Microphone. <coughs> Tick. Uh, good. Uh, custard creams. Yes, please. Tick. Uh, c- clock. Tick tock. Uh, refreshments. <laughs> Hick. Uh, Hick. Uh, Beatles stuff. Yes, plenty no, of that. Plenty nothing, of that. Nothing better to do. Oh, definitely. Staring out the window. <laughs> I think we're all set. Oh, look, it's raining. Right, then, uh, I think I'll settle down. Gather myself together. Uh-huh. Then let's go. One because, thing for s- because. 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 Uh, one thing for certain yes, is... Yes, A splendid time is guaranteed for all. That's right, folks. It's Beatles, Beatles with an A. Aye. A new way of doing a new show with Mark and Cole, your favourite people, who are Beatles mad, uh, doing things all about the Beatles and Beatles in Liverpool, especially. Uh, and this is our bit of fun as well. We hope you get as much fun out of it as we do. And we're going to start now. We're going to look at Beatles with an actual A tonight. And uh, starting the proceedings are we're going to do Beatles song origins with an A. So Beatles songs with an A. We're going to tell you about all the songs with an A in them in a minute. But Mark's going to pick one or two out for you just now. And then it'll be my turn to do something. Hey, I'm going to uh, get a pen and uh, stick it in a song yeah. and see what happens. Ow! Ah. <laughs> Certainly, hands. Uh-huh. Right, sorry about that, madam. Right, uh, this one I'm going to pick is um, from the album from A Hard Day's Night. Uh, it's called Any Time At All. <laughs> Any Time At All. Yes, yeah, good one. Yeah. Good. Uh, looking back at the Beatles' discography in the 70s, John Lennon often expressed a desire to re-record all of it. The whole lot. Really? Such as uh, his dissatisfaction with the arrangements and the production and stuff like that. So, uh, do it all again. Arguably, John began this task here by rewriting a song under a different name. Any time at all, one of A Hard Day's Night's uh, most exciting performances Mm -hmm. makes for a successful update of It Won't Be Long. John, in 1980, admitting that the newer song contained the same chords with me shouting over the top, he said. <laughs> so despite such amendments, the lyrics to any time at all lack the emotional weight to match John's belting vocal performance. That's what he's good at. One of his best ever with the Beatles. So uh, Slow Down and When I Get Home, which were recorded in the same early July recording sessions, similarly feature him in surely... The best vocal form of his life. So a good, powerful song, those ones. Yeah, He did a uh, bunch. He never yeah. rated himself. He yeah. did a bunch. And, and, he, thought, uh, uh, and he said, ah, so, so. just throw away that song. And I love them. Yeah. Uh, Run for your life. Uh, yeah. there's, there's a bunch. Yeah. Uh, and yet he kind of dismissed them. Um, probably as he got more avant-garde and more strange with, with his sort of tune smithing. Um, he surprised us and he underrated himself. He didn't rate himself as a... As a lyric writer, so much as a poet who was good at playing music. Yeah. Um, that's a good song. I quite like it. So, yeah, good choice, I, that, Mark. Good choice. It was, wasn't it? it? Yeah, here's a, give me a fiver. <laughs> well, it's Beatles with an A, everyone, so you can guess when we go on to our next topic, it's got an A in it. Good or it evidence. begins one. Now, can I cheat a bit and say Amberg, or is that just me being stupid? <laughs> um, <laughs> let me think about it. No, I've got, that a proper, a I've got a proper Beatle place. Go on, man. Um, uh, it's where Ringo Starr used to live. Can you remember where that was? 
what, what, what the address? Well, if you know it exactly, you win ten pra ten pounds. Ten pounds. Ten pounds. That's uh, Dutch pounds. Let me have a look and uh, and see. Uh, Arnold Grove. George Harrison's address. Did but Ringo that's live? Another, that's did, another A. Did Ringo live with him there? Though? That's the thing. <laughs> well, you don't know we, that, we do you? Never, we could no, never, never know. Be sure. We'll never be sure. Uh, go on then. So what the is one it? I'm thinking of is uh, 10 Admiral Grove. That's it. Uh, in Dingle, which is Liverpool 8. It's not far from Toxteth. And uh, uh, we, we've been a couple of dozen times, haven't we? But it's been done up since we were there last. Oh, yeah. They've had the painters in. Yeah, um, it's, it's always been pink for some reason. It's a strange looking house. And it's got a V over the front door, uh, oh. which is to do with VE Day, that I recall anyway. Oh. Um, so Ten Admiral Grove. It's uh, Ringo didn't live there. Lived there from birth. He moved there when he was about five, and all he did was uh, his mum and himself just straightforwardly agreed to move to that house because there's a little bit more room in it. And uh, the lady he uh, she swapped with, whose name I forget, they just went to where he used to live in Madryn Street, ah. um, just round the corner. You know, it's just as handy as that. So uh, yeah, as it as it goes, Ringo was there uh, right up until his twenties. He was on the voters list, uh, the official sort of council approved voters list. He was on the voters list until nineteen sixty five, living at Mad uh, Admiral Grove. Is that the one where you Bonkers. see uh, on the um, where they? All the kids are outside the house, yeah. and he runs out of the yeah, house and jumps in the car. Yeah, it was a bit staged, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. But um, it was a good laugh, and uh, of course, he genuinely lived there. Um, and that's where George went to find out if Ringo was available as a drummer to join the Beatles back in uh, August of 62, as late as August 62. I did, I did a little thing about it recently um, for the BBC. Um, and uh, it'll come to light soon, but it's a little timeline. George went there and he was given egg and chips. Oh. And uh, Elsie El Gleaves, uh, Graves, uh, Harry Graves, wasn't it? Uh, she married Harry Graves and uh, she, uh, yeah, took George in, didn't know who the Beatles were. Yeah. And uh, George was there inquiring if Ringo was in. I said, I'm sorry, loves, he's up in Skegness, oh. um, working in Butlins. Ah. Uh, but he comes home every Saturday night. So uh, that was the story behind George investigating whether or not Ringo could join the Beatles band. So, so come in while, yeah. while you're there and we'll have some egg and chips. So egg and chips. I always think of egg and chips when I go past there. Love egg and chips. So uh, all I can say is um, <laughs> egg and chips are delicious. They're definitely a beetle food, very veggie. Um, but Ringo had his 21st birthday party at 10 Admiral Grove. Yeah, and yeah. guess how many people turned up for the do? Don't forget, it's a little house yes. and it's two up and two down. Uh, 95. Oh, nearly, nearly 80. <laughs> um, but we think a hundred. We think a hundred. Ah. But um, speculate low. Speculate low. So yeah. just a tiny little house, and it had an outside toilet and everything else. So well, that it, must have been fun. It would have. Uh, it would. I think the queue to the toilet was longer than the people who went to, <laughs> to the do. Yeah. But uh, it's only around the corner from uh, the uh, famous pub called the Empress Pub. The Which Empress is on pub. the front of his album. Yeah. So that appeared on the Sentimental Journey album, the first solo album he made, I think. Which I think it was, was, yeah. 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 So um, in the end, Ringo was trying to convince his mum uh, to move, and it took her a lot of years before she finally moved out to posh Walton. And Walton's where John's family are from. So uh, you can imagine how posh it must have been for Ringo to become a millionaire and said, I can buy you a bungalow now. Yeah. And uh, she finally moved out to Walton in her last year. So there you go, 10 Admiral Grove, Dingle, Liverpool Lace, Beetle Place.
Marvellous, marvellous. What should I do next? Any idea? How about introduce an advert? Oh, right. Or well, a jingle. Let's say you're listening to Beetle Places podcast with Mark. And. Carl. And. And uh, this is letter A on... Uh, Beatles with an A. Beatles with an A. So we're here and well done. <laughs> Talking so, of A. Mm, hey. About a hard day's night. Yeah, go ahead. Paul had completed Can't Buy Me Love alone, encouraged John's competitive nature to get the next day side. Such was his keenness that on privately hearing that the new Beatles film was to be called A Hard Day's Night, he went home after filming and wrote the song that night. Just like that. Just like that. Before Paul found out. (laughs) The song was then presented to the other Beatles as a fait accompli the next morning. So, uh, beyond the strong opening verse and middle eight, John, too, had struggled to write much more on his own. In their partnership, Paul traditionally helped out on the second and third verses of John's song. And here the second verse is notably weak, and John, no doubt sensing he had got as far as he could, resorted to repeating the first verse three times. Completed at speed, the the lyrics simply appeared to describe John's return home after a day's filming. They are revealing as an honest account of the Beatles' tiredness. Their schedule for filming was often from 8am until late. The music, too, borrows from the previous single, Can't Buy Me Love, featuring a similar bluesy three-chord verse and a minor chord-heavy chorus middle eight. The film's opening sequence, for which this track was overlaid, dictated its arrangement. And under George Martin's direction, the stark suspended G chord... Oh. Don't we know it? From George's 12-string guitar announces the film's start after the title's credit. To fit with the shots of running feet as the Beatles flee from chasing fans, a bongo plays double time, heightening the space. The the space? Space, pace, Heightening the pace. Potato, potato. Martin's other key input here was to create the unusual solo where George's 12-string guitar is matched note for note on the piano. Ah, now, it, nowadays, I think with this AI version of uh, the Red and the Blue albums coming ah, out, yeah. I reckon you'll hear all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, cl- more, in more clarity. The new, um, that new single's going to be on the blue one, I think, isn't it? Oh, well, yeah, I I'm think. getting mixed info about that particular thing. We'll talk about the new albums to come in a bit, um, because we don't know enough, to be frank, but they're just being announced as due out. I've seen the track listings, they're quite impressive, but it yeah. depends what type of CD or whatever you're going to buy is, you know, how you want to download it or if you want to You can to get it on LP as well. Yeah, wax um, cylinder and all, all oh. kinds of stuff. So uh, it, it'll be a thing to admire when it comes out. But again, you know, like the one album... Um, interesting stuff is going to come interesting stuff yeah. especially with the, the way it's been produced again I think I'm going to buy it anyway oh you know <laughs> couldn't lend us a tenner could you <laughs> till the end of the week <laughs> that's good on I'll that I'll pay one. you back yeah. on Thursday so the other the other thing about um, that song is uh, we don't say do we don't normally say a hard day's night no. we go there you go there's a song hard day's night hard day's night we, yeah. we cut it to the quick we we, we abbreviate we abridge and, uh, and really, the official title is A Hard Day's Night. And there's plenty of little A songs that you never knew were Beatles songs, which have a bit of an A bit to the beginning of them. And we'll, we'll clear that up later. Right, you will. So that's a blue album. And there we have Now and Then, which is uh, the last track on the track listing on the, the blue album, which is uh, due out on uh, November the... Um 
first, is it? Third? Yeah, yeah well, it's got to be for Crimbo. End of this week. It's going to be for Crimbo. Well, yeah. this is the last uh, week in October we're, we're recording this uh, mm. session. Yeah, but, you know, this this is that time of the year when you start setting things up for Crimbo. Oh, so. yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. OK, cheers, Mark. Lovely. Um, OK, uh, you're listening to Beatles with an A with... Mark. And... Cole. And that's me, and that's him over there. It is. In his pyjamas. Oh, don't so, tell everybody that. <laughs> <laughs> say uh, that sticking with the letter A, here's an interesting A that I've never I've never recited to Mark. You oh. might be surprised. Do Talking of A, then. there's there's various people who are A people. Jane Asher, for instance, Neil Aspinall. We've covered him many a time in the past on the old Beatle podcast. Oh, I. And Magic Alex in quotes, uh, which is a bit of a fidge, a bit of a fudge. Yeah, a bit of a fudge. <laughs> there, Ooh. as is Sharp Al- take Albert Marion. Well, use the A and go, that'll do. But no, it's a real A. And it's a W.W. Abba. W.W. Abba. Ring a bell with anyone? W.W. Abba. Who's W.W. Abba? Uh, Well, I'll tell yous. Go on. I'll tell yous. (laughs) It's it's one of Paul's old Beatle people. people. Ah. Yeah, Abba's, uh, spelled A-double-B-A-S. It was a news agent, and Paul had a job there as a little lad, ah. way back in 1956, which would make him about 13, 14. Uh, it was in a place called Egbeth, which is kind of a posh end of Liverpool, where you would say, you know, you know Egbeth quite well now, because you drive uh, certainly up and down there a fair bit. I do, every now and yeah. then. Um, so uh, Egbeth is kind of a nice area, and it's away from where Paul lives, which is Allerton, Fortland Road in Allerton. So I'd say it's a mile or three away. You know, just in, yeah. in, as the crow flies, anyway. Something like that. Yeah, and it isn't that close, to be fair. But Paul did have a bike, and uh, when he got the offer of the uh, paper round, it came thus ways. So what I found out was Mr. Abba, who ran the news agents, lived uh-huh. round the corner from Paul. So it must have gotten wind on on whatever grapevine there was in Allerton, because it is a neighbourhood after all said and done. And he may have been offered the job by simply being locally known. So it's suggested in various stories that this was the place that Paul first met John, ah. which I don't think is as true as it mm. sounds. It doesn't really bear much scrutiny, to be fair. Um, where me and Mark might agree where John first met Paul, even though they probably didn't exchange words so much as noticed each other, um, it would have been uh, on at the Chippy, round the corner from his school, Vaughan's Chippy which was uh, down ah. Faulkner Street. It's now very posh and very bijou, sort of eatery area now, or cobbled streets. It looks like a film set, doesn't it? It does, um, yeah. Um, it's, it's right by Black, Blackburn School, uh, which is round round corner from Philharmonic, would you happen to know? Aye. So, yeah, Vaughan's Chippy was where I would say uh, Paul noticed a teddy boy, John, fresh out of our college for the afternoon, buying scampi and chips or or whatever he was doing. That's very posh. Scampi. I don't know, I'd say scampi's the wrong word. Maybe yeah. scallops. Scallops might have been a bit more working class. Yeah. So there you go. W.W. Abba is a Beatle person. And he yeah. was uh, operating from 166 Egbeth Road in Egbeth. And uh, there you go. A Beatle with an A. A Beatle people person with an A. Back to Mark for more. Should I say um, another A? Yeah. Uh, you, how about you, Jane Asher? Oh, well, she. Uh, do you know what? I bought something of hers today. I bought some cooking utensils. Did you know? Yes, and they were Jane Asher's. Well, is she missing them? She'd be missing them now. <laughs> she, she said, looking through her drawers. <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> um, Jane Asher, 
otherwise known as uh, Paul's girlfriend, was born in 1946. So uh, she's uh, doing pretty well. She is now. Uh, she's quite a well-known act- actress, uh, very talented, very attractive. Uh, she was uh, starred in um, quite a few different things. She was born in Wilsdon, uh, appeared in quite a few plays, Romeo and Juliet, um, Alfie. Uh, she was also in Peter Pan when she was, was 14 years was old. Was she really? In the West End. Hmm? Uh, she was well-spoken. Uh, and she's also been on um, television a few times, uh, Jukebox jury, she became one of the astute panellists. Well, to be honest, she did have a very posh voice and yeah. uh, she was brought up in a upper-middle-class uh, family. <coughs> Father was a doctor, was he? I think he was, yeah. And her mother yeah. was a cellist, musician, teacher, person, yep. something like that. Yeah. And he lived in... Did he live in Wimpole Street? Uh, I think Brand so. Round the corner from or something like that. Yeah, yeah. The Barrett's in Wimpole Street, that's famous. Oh, Mm. Aye. Um, well, she, anyway. ma- she married somebody else as well later yeah, on. Yeah, she anyway. married Gerald, Gerald, Gerald Scarf. Scarf. Yeah, the cartoonist guy. Yeah. Yeah. She's also in um, a f- well, a few, quite a few things on television. She was in The Adventures of Robin Hood. Robin Hood, Robin Hood. Yes. <laughs> I forgot the rest. Uh, 57 Wimpole Street. Um, that's where she lived. And uh, Paul McCartney moved in there. He moved up to the top floor. And uh, Ian John wrote quite a few songs uh, up on the in his little yeah. flat up on the top, uh, and Paul set, settled in with the family quite well. Uh, he liked his dad. He liked her dad, and uh, <laughs> they got on quite well. I suppose it was a nice it was a nice clash of cultures, really, because Paul working class, but you know, a, a musical genius, uh, mixing with some posh people who kind of got to know an ordinary lad. Really, so it kept him ordinary, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and of course, he wrote uh, he wrote yesterday there, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he wrote quite a few songs, which sort of about Jane, but a bit sort of vague. There's no sort of specific thing that was about oh, Jane, actually. Well, you decent. You decent. Uh, no. Uh, probability, there was All My Loving, and I Love Her. Oh, yeah. Things We Said Today, Every Little Thing, What You're Doing, The Night Before, all no. all around that time oh, when yeah. he was going out with Jane, Asher. Nothing about cooking, then? No, no, no. There's <laughs> nothing about uh, soggy bottoms or uh, fairy cakes. Uh yeah, Paul and Jane were engaged on Christmas Day, 1967, but didn't last very long. Uh, Jane went with the Beatles to see the Maharishi in uh, India in February 1968, but then they split up in, in the July. She announced the breakup on Simon D's D Time. Really now? On the 20th of July, 1968. That was a big TV show at the time, wasn't it? Was, it was, yeah. yeah very I remember big. watching that. They sort of broke up apart, and they're still friends as far as seems to be yeah, yeah seems yeah. to be because he had a thing with Francis Schwartz around that time yeah and um, he, he I suppose with Paul being Paul and so famous he, he could have had any old lifestyle he chose to you know complete debauchery you know completely mad uh, but he wanted a nice person she was a nice person yeah uh, she did quite a few film roles after that she was in a film called The Deep End written and directed by Jerry Skolimnowski Whoever, oh, whoever no, he is. Big score in Scrabble. Yes, yeah. Uh, the score, funnily enough, you saying that, is uh, by Cat Stevens. Uh, and the film is a cult classic, partly because of uh, 
Jane appears in the nude. Oh, really? Is that available on DVD and video? I have 16 copies. Oh, great. She also appeared in Henry VIII <laughs> and had six wives and in the TV series Brideshead Revisited. I, I saw her the other day in the show. She, she was the best thing in it, yes. to be honest. She can act, really. In 1971, she met Gerald Scarf, the cartoonist, well-known for doing uh, covers of Pink Floyd, The Wall, etc., etc., etc. And... Um, She's still doing very well. She appears on t British television quite frequently. She's uh, a very good cook. Yeah. She has a cake shop in Cale Street in Chelsea and uh, is doing very well. Yeah, she sold me something this morning, so I can't complain. Did she? Yeah, so yeah. So you've got, a, you've got her... Um, measuring cups. Measuring cups. You've got half her cakes and... Uh, uh, yeah, and a, a big box of bicarbonate of soda. Thanks a lot, Jane. Lovely. And thank you. It's Beatles with an A with Mark and Cole. <clears throat> You're listening to Beetle Places Podcast. It's Beatles with an A, everyone. Brand it's new a show. Hey. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> a round it's, of applause. <laughs> in the singular. Yes. Right, time to give you a Beatles quiz. Ah. We always have a regular feature. It's a Beatles quiz. And a fresh from the Brain Buster Beatles quiz book is this. Uh, and here it is for Mark. Let's see. Go on, then. Right. Um, I'll pick round 49 because we're uh, we're up to round 49. No, I just picked it up randomly. And it's Beatles Who's Who. And this time we're picking on John Lennon. So answer these. And the questions, the questions come first. Of course, the answers come later. Uh, we used to do it the other way around. It wasn't very, very it good. Work was it? Very well. No, not very well. Confused a lot of people. Yes. Um, and so we've had, we've had other alternatives. But let me test Mark on these. Answers coming up in a wee bit when we end the show. Right. Um, Go on. Then. Who's who? John Lennon, Beatles Roundup. Right. Name the soldier John played in How I Won the War movie. Right. Mm -hmm. I think I know. What park did John play in as a boy opposite his home? Uh, we should know this. Aye. Um, what's John's favourite number? Nine. You answered the question. It? I'll have to skip that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm getting all excited. Yeah, no. <laughs> what Liverpool rhyme did John use in I Am The Walrus? Ah. And I've got a reason for saying that, because I'm going to recite the whole thing later. Oh, you're not, are you? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes, uh, I am. Oh, I'm, you've got me thinking now about okay, that Okay, what Liverpool rhyme, because it's a Liverpool school rhyme, we all used to say as kids, oh. did John use in I Am The Walrus? All right, right. You'll, you'll be singing this song now. Aye. Um, okay, and finally, as Mark often says, which hospital was Julian, his son, born in 1963? Ooh. What Aussie what was, was he born in? Right. Um, We've been right. past this a million billion times right. as well. Run through them again, then. Go on. Questions one to four is, name the soldier John actually played in the movie How I Won the War. Right. Number two, what park did John play in as a boy opposite his home? Mm-hmm. We've skipped John's favourite number because the answer came out. He just blurted it out. That did blurt. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, so don't blurt the answer to this. What Liverpool rhyme did John use in the song "I Am the Walrus"? And finally, which Aussie did uh, was son Julian born in Liverpool in 1963? Oh, about right. April. You've got it? me there. April 63. I will have to. Uh... Do a bit of research now and have a think. Oh, by all means think, but keep working. Right. Thanks, Mark. More coming. Right, should I ask you some questions now? 
Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll it's, we'll a, it's, a, it's it's quiz. It's quiz. It's our quiz quotient. Let's have a quiz each. A quiz quotient. A quiz quotient. Quiz quick quick Right. Here's question number one. I'm going to do three of them. Okay. okay. Do you want me to blaze out the answers? Please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what song did George first play the sitar on? Right? There's only a small one. It's a baby sitar. It was a small song. Uh, it was a small song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Didn't see that coming, right. folks. What song did George Harrison first play the sitar on? Okay. Right. That's that one. And who was with Paul when he fell off his moped? On Boxing Day, oh, 1965. You know I know this one. I know. Because I've looked it all up and yeah. done everything. While riding his moped in Wirral, he cut his lip badly and required stitches. So, okay. who was with Paul on that day? Okay. Okay. A famous person who's mentioned in a song later on in yeah, the, yeah. Or in the we, height we of their believe career, really. mentioned in a song. We uh, believe. Yeah. Right. All You Need Is Love, on June the 25th, 1967... For BBC's Our World Live worldwide link-up, what was the estimated viewing figure oh. of uh, of that programme that was on? That's a good one. That's a good question, that kid, Because eh? it was all over the place, whole worldwide well, link-up. Yeah, it was a worldwide transmission. So. Any idea how many people okay. were watching it? Yeah. Okay. So that's question three. So the first song was what song did, uh, did George first play the sitar on? Got it. Who was with Paul when he fell off his moped in the Whittle on Boxing Day 1965? And uh, all you need is love, the the BBC's programme, Our World Live, the worldwide link-up. How many people were estimated to be viewing that programme when it was broadcast? I thought I had some good questions there. On June the 25th, 1967. Well, cheers, Chuck. They're rather good, they are. Aye, aye. They're rather good. Okay. We've got, a, we've got time to introduce a little jingle here. Here it comes. You want the best. You expect the best. You deserve the best. So while you're waiting, here's the Beetle Blazers podcast with Mark and Cole. Well, thank you very much. That was lovely. Who played that? Oh, I did. Ha, 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 ha. Show um, off. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, uh, that's me playing flamenco, spelled P-H-L-E-G-M-A-N-N-C-O. <laughs> flamenco, more with the emphasis Flem. on the phlegm, yeah. P-H-L-E-G-M, yeah. <laughs> so, Very nice. it's Mark and Collie here, uh, just having a bit, of a bit of a laugh, a bit of fun, because we haven't done this in ages, and due to various cock-ups of my nature, um, we've, I got the recording all back to front wrong. And uh, now we've got it about right, and we can do a show again. So this is a new format. It's called Beatles with an A. Mark and Collar here doing the uh, Beatles alphabet, slowly and surely, A to Z, or A to Z if you live in Canada and associated countries. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> Associated countries? And, America, you mean. Yeah, America, America's. And uh, we're going to do it. We're going to do the Beatles songs, Beatles people, Beatles places, and random A's and B's and C's and D's. Right. So uh, here we are. We've got Beatles song origin coming up again. So uh, let's, uh, let's have one, um, if I may. Go on then. Okay. All right. If I can get if you can get all this together. Sort yourself out. Beatles with an A. What could be simpler? Don't answer that. Yes, it's Beatles with an A. And this A is a Beatles song. Here's the origin of the song Across the Universe. 
Well, it was composed around um, uh, around the time John uh, was in Rishikesh with all his gang and uh, recorded originally in 1968. Uh, later, they had another bash at it um, in 1969 as well. But it was released on the album, uh, an album that wasn't a Beatles album. It was released on an album called No One's Gonna Change Our World, which was kind of a charity album for the World Wild World Wildlife Fund. I never can remember that one. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Just say yeah. it's whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, but um, uh, the, the funny thing about it was the Beatles were kind of a little bit um, offish about having background vocals from anyone other than themselves. But on this particular album, they had two people who were girls on it. And they were part of the uh, fans who always hung around Abbey Road Studios, who were called, namely, the Apple Scruffs. I've even got the names. There was a lady called Lizzie Bravo and a lady called Gaylene Pease. And they were part of the Apple Scruffs. And what they did was they sang in the background to the song. Female fans, typically they hung around Paul's house in Cavendish Avenue. But um, it was just on a Sunday then, they were doing nothing. And they were recording the song and he invited the girls over Aye. just to do the backup singing. So uh, in stepped Lizzie and Gaylene and for the first hour, uh, two hours, they had to sing, no, nothing's going to change my world. Um, Lizzie was a Brazilian girl, 16 years old. God knows what she had uh, as an excuse from school. <laughs> but um, um, yeah. she, as a birthday present, she was allowed to come to London. And guess what she did? She hung around Paul McCartney's house. Mm. That's a summer holiday over. Um, she's still around, and in fact, she's become a singer since she left, went back to Brazil. Oh, right. uh, John was pleased with the way he wrote the words. One of, one of the more songs he didn't sort of criticise afterwards. He kind of preferred the song. He said it came to him in a dreamlike state while he was at home in Kenwood. And the words just poured out of him, much like yesterday. which is kind of a complete song. Uh, interesting. Right. Words are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup. Um, he was never quite pleased with the actual recording of it, feeling his voice wasn't kind of just exactly right. A bit wavery. Yeah, which is why he but gave it to a charity uh, uh. and the World Wildlife Fund to record. Spike Milligan was involved, and Spike spoke to John and said, can you give us a song? Literally, can you give us a song? Yeah. And he gave him this recording. Um, but what they did was they did a re-record, and they kind of got it better right. Uh, uh. Phil Spector uh, got it involved. Uh, got involved with that, so... Some musicologists have said the music is a bit listless and the word's pretentious and must have been influenced by drugs. Uh, but it is meant to be a semi-conscious stream of words, as far as I can hear it anyway. A restless That's... wind inside a letterbox. Not bad, is it? Aye. Wish I could write stuff like that. Aye. Drunk or not. <laughs> Talking of that. Aye. Yes. Cheers. Bottoms Cheers. up. Bottoms up, Bottoms everybody. up. That was a good... Glass clink, wasn't it? Not, yeah, we, we've done yeah. better. Anyway, um, how about a day in Beatle history? Or two days, funnily Splendid enough. Splendid stuff. Funnily enough. So, today is uh, the end of October. It is, aye, nearly Halloween, lad. Tomorrow is the 31st of October. And um, back in 1963, the Beatles flew SAS, which is the airline. Oh, right. Uh, came back to London... Uh, where hundreds of screaming girls had gathered on the roof of the Queen's building at Heathrow Airport to welcome them back to Britain. By coincidence, Ed Sullivan happened to be passing through the airport at the time and witnessed the scene and wondered what on earth was going on. It impressed him very much and led him to book the group for his show when they were still virtually unknown in the USA. Mm. So they appeared uh, then 
So that's October the 31st, 1963. And they appeared on his show on February the 9th, 1964. Worked out is, quite well, didn't it, which really? Which is a very momentous day. Yeah. Uh, it's all about that synchronicity of like they yeah. were doing something that wasn't connected with publicised themselves and Ed Sullivan spotted them again yep. that's that's a big deal isn't it over here so uh, that was it so that was the uh, a little bit of Beatle history October 31st 1963 ah. when uh, they sort of managed to break the into America they by got some attention, yeah. They certainly got attention. Attention, yeah. attentionized. I know. I know they appeared in, in terms of film footage. Uh, Ed Sullivan put them on his telly show, but a fellow called an American chat show host called Jack Parr, he um, put footage of of them like causing mayhem uh, with Beatlemania back in Europe, and he he made a bit light of it. He, he kind of uh, was a bit satirical about the whole the madness of the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, and yet, you know, Ed Sullivan saw through all that and said, "Well, these are very popular," um, and so it became a bit of history. So it did. And it's Nelson that's a month in Beatle history, kid. Well. If we go into, um, well, should we do November, November the 1st? It's around the corner, isn't yeah, it, practically? It's the day after they flew back um, <coughs> uh, into London. They appeared uh, the following day. They didn't have a, a rest or a sit-down or anything. They appeared at the Odeon Cinema in Cheltenham. And it was the first night of the Beatles' autumn tour with the Rhythm and Blues Quartet, the Vernon's Girls. Oh, uh, the Brook Brothers, Peter Jay and the Jay Walkers, and the Kestrels. The compere was Frank Berry, nah, whoever he, nah, he is. He is no yeah. <laughs> the Beatles' standard set for the tour was I Saw Us Standing There, From Me to You, All My Loving, You Really Got a Hold on Me, Roll Over Beethoven, Boys, Till There Was You, She Loves You, Money That's What I Want, and Twist and Shout. All the... <sighs> Early, show, early stuff. Yeah. Nice loud stuff. <laughs> Very deafening girls screaming down your ears. Uh, also, the Beatles uh, EP. The Beatles number one was released in the UK on Parlophone uh, with I Saw Us Standing There and Misery. And the side B was Anna Go To Him, Chains. Uh, and the single I Want To Be Your Man by the Rolling Stones, written by Lennon and McCartney, was released in the UK as well on that day. So that all happened on November the 1st. I mean, a lot happens, it's doesn't all, it? All Just go. a lot happens. Nowadays, it's a, a bit here and a bit yeah, there from people. Sort of, yeah, every it's seven a, months you get a single or something. So. But uh, it all went mad then. So I, noticed the, the uh, I noticed the Vernon girls were mentioned in the sort of line-up of the gigs. Aye. And the Vernon girls were from Liverpool. They were. And uh, they were three girl singers. And one of them was the uh, sister of my teacher, so she had a lot of stories about ah. the Beatles. Yeah, she had a lot of stories. Yeah, her name was Stredder, and uh, Mrs. Stredder said, "Oh, me, you know, uh, sorry, Mrs. Stredder was the married name of my teacher, but yeah. her sister was uh, in the Vernon's Girls." So she always had a couple of tales to tell. I don't remember if she came to our school to talk about it, but she was connected with them and she knew them. So yeah. uh, how about that then? Well, blow me down. Yeah, <laughs> it's Beatles with an A on uh, on a lovely night like this. Um, and uh, Mark and Carl are here to provide some entertainment to you. Aye. That includes this message. Giving unemployed, good-looking, tall, handsome, well-groomed voiceover artists a bit of part-time work. It's the Beetle Places podcast with Mark and Cole. Is that all right? Yes, it's fine. Thanks. L- thank you. Yeah. Next. <laughs> 
welcome back all. Welcome back everyone. Hey, it's hooray, Beatles hooray. with an A with yeah. Mark and Carl, which is Mark with an M and Carl with a C. <laughs> and uh, hello there, how are you? So um, we're on the verge of being about halfway through the show, so we're just doing a little bit more about our Beatle friends. And we're talking about Beatle people now with an A. Beatles with an A. Mentioned him before, actually, uh, but he is a splendid chap, and God love him, he's passed away now. Neil Aspinall, um, who we did love and respect. Uh, I wish I could have met him, because uh, he sounded like a bit of a cool cat. There's quite a bit to Neil Aspinall that uh, is, is still untold. Um, I'm sure he wrote a book about his life, like much like Mal Evans did. But we were never, we're never likely to see it now because um, he probably intended to finish it um, and never did. Uh, Neil Aspinall was born in 1941. He wasn't born locally like the rest of the Beatles. He was born in Wales. He was born in a place called Prestatin because the war was on, didn't you know? I remember, did you read all about it? Hitler was involved. Oh, it was a very busy time. <laughs> so uh, there were blitzers in Liverpool and there was a lot of bombing of the Docklands in Liverpool. So I know my dad was evacuated as a kid and uh, Neil Aspinall was evacuated also. So what happened was he went uh, to Wales and just for a little while he was brought up there came back to live in Liverpool and he was a guy who went to the same school as Paul and George the secondary school what you'd call a high school uh, Neil Aspinall was uh, well known because he got to know them in the smoker's corner he liked a fag and um, he and George used to have sneaky little smokes in the corner of the playground of school and they got to know each other that way but um, for the rest of his life Neil Aspinall was known by his nickname can you remember what that nickname is? Uh, no. It's Nell. Oh, Nell, we all do this round here. We all call each other silly names. So he was always called Nell. And uh, what he did was he uh, left school to become a trainee accountant, uh, just literally a couple of feet away from where the cavern is. And Neil Aspinall um, also wasn't being paid well enough. So what he did as well was he, he knew George and he knew the music scene, which was just happening all around him around this time of the uh, early 60s. And he bought himself a van. He, he making, made himself very handy. And what he did was he uh, became a roadie, probably uh, sort of a, a, what they call a humper. He'd just move all the amps from one gig to the next and move all the guitars and all the instruments and then he would also give all the Beatles lifts back and forth from home and work and gigs and wherever else. And the thing about Neil Aspinall was he also knew Pete Best pretty well because he lodged in the same house as Pete Best. And lo and behold, <clears throat> as time is now told, um, Neil Aspinall had an affair with Pete Best's mum, Mona Best. And uh, they uh, conceived together, let's Ooh. put it that way. And uh, the child she had in 1962 was a lad called, I think his proper name uh, was John, I think. First name is properly John. But he's well known as Rogue Best, ah, as in yes. R-O-G-U-E. But he's spelled R-O-A-G, Rogue Best. Meanwhile, um, the problem Neil Aspinall had was he was a busy mate of Pete Best. And yet Pete Best was given the boot, the order of the boot. Uh, uh, on the uh, 18th of August, uh, 1962. And it was a very sad time for peace because he was kicked out of the band for reasons never explained. And uh, if you look into the fine detail of it, it's a bit intricate. But Brian Epstein had to give, give him the bad news. And yet Neil Aspinall was in the same room, uh, as it's been told. He was in the same room uh, when he was told that he was sacked from the Beatles. So they went for a pint uh, to get over his problem. And yet Neil Aspinall carried on being a roadie for the Beatles. 
So he, he just said, well, I need the money. You know, basically, he needed the money. So he carried on being a roadie, proceeded to be a roadie for the Beatles forever. And then he got involved in being part of the Apple Corp, being part of Apple Corporation. And he carried on like that for life until he was the guy in charge of archiving all the Beatles material to make the Beatles anthology show. And that was probably the last major thing he did. Mm. Although he did fight tooth and nail against uh, other companies like Apple Computers to fight for the Apple name. Uh, but Neil Aspinall, just a great guy. The word I would use is laconic. Yeah, uh, you know, very cool under yeah, he pressure. He talked a bit like that, doesn't he? <clears throat> very... if my voice is like I'd do an I'd do an impression <clears throat> of him, but yeah. I can't. Now. My voice <laughs> is gone today. Ah, uh, should I do another A? It's a oh, bit tenuous, but it's uh, A for art, art, well, art yeah. college. Art oh, college will do it. That so one, um, yeah, it's it's a bit yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit tenuous, but tenuous wins. Liverpool College of Art in Hope Street in Liverpool. Uh, John went there. John's art college. And uh, clutching a portfolio, uh, even a portfolio <laughs> of his work from Quarry Bank High School. We picked some awkward words to say tonight, haven't we? He must we? have done all sorts of pictures there. <laughs> and wearing his un his dead Uncle George's sports he jacket did. and a collar and tie, especially for the occasion, John scraped through the interview and was accepted as a student here in summer 1957. The college was a big disappointment to the idealistic 17-year-old Lennon. He was immediately strapped into the straitjacket of the lettering class with its overriding requirement for neatness and precision, which John certainly wasn't. John loathed it. It was totally alien to his restless, free-roaming free spirit. The only tutor to be on the same wavelength as John was Arthur Ballard, hey! who observed, He draws naturally. As a conventional art student, he was not very good, but as an artist which is very much more important. He was very talented. So uh, Arthur Ballard could see uh, the future for John Lennon, I think. Uh, he did. Very talented. He, yeah, he's an ex-boxer um, who, who came into the art world himself quite late. And he, he understood genius, I think. I think that's what he did. Some of his Arthur Ballard's lectures... Let's put them in inverted commas here. Aye. Some of his lectures were done in the alehouse, yeah. in Ye Crack, and we've been in Ye Crack, haven't we? So, um, and you can imagine, it's kind of a small space, but uh, it was a good place to have a drink. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, Arthur Ballard, who lived in Mel's in Whittle. Yeah, he lived Aye. in Whittle, yeah. Um, so John, John spent three years at the art college, um, and he said, all I ever learned in art school was about Van Gogh and stuff. They didn't teach me anything about Marcel Duchamp, which I despised them for. <laughs> uh, and it was there where he struck up a friendship with uh, Stuart Sutcliffe and met Cynthia Powell, his uh, future wife. And uh, she must have appeared an unlikely partner for, for John Lennon, as he was all teddy boy in drainpipe trousers and long draped jacket, yeah. sideburns and a, a DA hairstyle and stuff like that. But, um, John asked her out for a date and Cynthia said... Uh, I'm awfully sorry, but I'm engaged to this fellow in Hoylake. Which uh, Lennon acidly retorted, I didn't ask you to marry me, did I? I'm sure there was a swear word in uh, there somewhere. However, she accepted his invitation and they went for a drink in the crack. So uh, <laughs> that was it. Uh, that's romantic. That's uh, the art college starting off as. Yeah, well, it was. And uh, in fact, I know who that boyfriend was. I look, I found it you out. Found him, I didn't found him, yeah. And he lived in Hoylake. Yeah. And uh, the guy whose, whose name was never known until uh, me, I think, 
was a fellow called Barry Salmon, as in fish. Uh, Barry Salmon, and he wasn't a window cleaner. He worked in a what, what we would call a bookies. He was a bookmaker's clerk, so he was a betting shop uh, chap. He worked in there. His dad was a window cleaner, but so the, the, the myth around him has been a bit mixed. But uh, yeah, there he was, Barry Salmon. So, yeah. Uh, yeah um, I, I was going to look up the guy who taught him lettering here because I've got a list of, right. of the art teachers. And uh, I thought I had it, but... Uh, but you haven't. I, I, well, I, what a blow. Well, well, what can <laughs> you do about that? <laughs> Rewind a bit. And, well, uh, yeah, there was... Um, what we could do is take a big breath and go... <gasps> it's Beetle Places Podcast with Mark and Col. Radio's answer to Naked Attraction. It's Beatles with an A tonight. Welcome one and all. My name's Mark. My name's Carl. And here we are together. Hey! Wonderful. We and I hope you're listening and enjoying this uh, load of old twaddle. <laughs> uh, well, I was looking up something. I, I've, I, I've been to the Liverpool Art College archives and I've been looking up all the teachers. Have you? And I was looking up... Um, they didn't mind. ...who taught John Lennon lettering. Right. And uh, for the life of me, I can't pin it down just now. While oh. under pressure, I can't seem to pin it down. Um... We did talk about Arthur Ballard, and we talked about uh, other people. But the only thing I can tell you about uh, the art college was Mike McCartney attempted to go to this art college, mm. and uh, he he didn't have enough qualifications. But he had more than John Lennon did, oh. and and yet so uh, Mike McCartney instead applied to the Birkenhead Art College, mm. and they couldn't help him because he didn't have a grant from the council oh. to help him along. So what a crying shame that was. Oh, well. So you're listening to Beatles with an A, uh, our, our initial show of uh, Beatles things and Beatles in Liverpool things to do with the letter A, and next time we'll do the letter B. Uh, right this time around, we're talking about Beatles songs and whatever else. Right. We're very soon coming to the end of the show, because we'll be rattling off with the Beatles quiz answers. Aye. So if you've been poised waiting for those, we've got them to come. I'm poised. But we're going to do a Beatle, uh, Beatles song. Not, not sing, but... Uh, yeah, we're we gonna... can pick a Beatles song with the letter right. A, and uh, Col will do a Beatles place with the letter A, and we'll carry on until uh, we get to the quiz. So if you're prepared to wait, that's very kind of you. Right. OK, well, should I do um, the song first? Yeah, go on, Beatles with an A. Beatles with an A, and your bird can sing. So a uh, song by John, Paul, George and Ringo, of course, uh, recorded on uh, the 26th of April 1966 at Abbey Road Studios, was it called Abbey Road then? It was EMI Studios. It was EMI was, Studios, so yeah. That, it got labelled Abbey Road in the on. 80s. Aye. Yeah. That's wrong. <laughs> so it was one of the few Beatles songs that began life with a different title. In this case, it was You, you Don't Get Me. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. Both titles do appear as lines in the song, but You Don't Get Me is perhaps the more apt as the lyrics are about someone not being understood or appreciated. Is this supposed to be Paul not getting John, or perhaps even Paul getting above himself? Nah. Now, now that he's gone all arty, <laughs> showing off that he's seen the seven wonders, mm. or just a lack of communication generally. The chosen title makes the meaning more elliptical. What bird? Birds are supposed to sing anyway. Mm. Or was it a bird meaning a girl? A gale. Or an early attempt by John at 
a semi uh, a semi stream of consciousness. Consciousness. Well, he was getting there, there wasn't he? Ultimately, he was getting there. and then he got there. It took two 12-hour sessions in a recording studio to get it right, but John was still uh, not satisfied that he got it right, whatever it, it was that was in his head. So he wasn't quite happy with it, but uh, I quite like it, and your bird can sing. Yeah, it's a good riff. Yeah, yeah good song. Don't worry about the words. Feel the mood, baby. Feel the mood. <laughs> Off you go. It's a good one, yeah. Uh, uh, useful to know, and I didn't realise I had a previous title to it, but um, lo and behold... You don't get me. Cheers, Mark. You oh. don't you don't get me, but we know that. Okay, it's Col here and I'm doing a Beatles with an A place. Uh it's a place that has a name as well. It's a place called Ashley Dupre. Does that ring a bell with you, Mr. Mr. G? Uh Ashley Dupre. No. Sounds a bit posh, doesn't it? Jacqueline Dupre. That's Jacqueline Dupre the cellist, yeah. Aye. But no relation as it goes. No. No. Um, Ashley Dupre was based in Breck Road in Liverpool and also at a place called Tempest Hay. And as ever, as we always seem to find out, it's 15 feet away from the cavern. Everything seems to be 15 yeah. feet from the cavern. So Tempest Hay is a little sort of what we'd call locally as a cooey, a little entry. Um, uh, just a side road, really, uh, round by where Rigby's is, Rigby's pub. Rigby's. Yeah, Aye. off Dale Street. Aye. So, yeah, Tempest Hay was uh, in part of, in the central Liverpool. And it was a hairdresser's. Hairdresser's. So it's an hairdresser's. But it is labelled in the advert as a continental hair and beauty salon. Uh, Does it make it any more sense? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, go on. So this was where Ringo's girlfriend came from. So uh, Ringo's girlfriend was Mary, stroke Maureen, stroke Mo Cox. And she worked there. And he became his wife. She became his wife in later years, and she worked there as a junior apprentice. And she was a manicurist to boot. Um, most likely, she worked in this branch, uh, and she wasn't far from the cavern. So you can see how one thing led to the other. And uh, she worked in Ashley Dupre. I suppose Ashley Dupre was probably like Bernard uh, Smith or something like that. A very plain, ordinary guy who thought a posh name will get me some business. So Ashley Dupre. Very good. I'm going to do a couple of things now. Um, lyrics from songs. Okay. You're going to test me. I'm going to test you. Oh, I. And a couple of lyrics from a couple of songs. Okay. So I'd like to know where this song. What? what start again. Yeah. What, what is the title of the song that this line is from? Okay. Yeah. I'll write home every day and I'll send what? All my loving. Correct. Well done. It kind of led there, didn't it? Did, it? Yes. it kind of led the there. wrong line there, yeah, really. Yeah. I should have done the better yeah. one. You're trying to tough me out. Here's a harder one, okay? I'll, I'll miss out the, the line that's got the title of the song in. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Who will love me till the end. Through thick and thin, she will always be my friend. Mm. Mm. Funnily enough, with that little mm. noise you made, it put me off. That's it. So, I'm <laughs> very sorry. I had curry for my tea. That's all it was. <laughs> She'll be with me to the end. Oh, it, it's um, it was it was in uh, help. Who will love me to the end? Yeah. Through thick and thin, she'll always be my friend. Following line is: I don't want to say that I've been unhappy with you, but as from today, well, I've seen so, somebody, somebody that's new. new. I ain't no fool, and I don't take what I don't want. For I have got, got another, another girl. girl. Well done. Told he was in the movie. Here's sixpence. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't like the lyric round because you're thinking, I've heard the song 48 billion times. How come I don't remember the lyrics? Yeah. It's another thing entirely, to be fair. Uh, oh, well. Good one, like, yeah, good, yeah. So there you go. Uh, testing times to come, folks. Testing times testing, to come. Testing, testing. It's Beatle Places with Mark and Cole, and the show especially is called Beatles with an A. Hey, everyone, you've got taste. <laughs> I like it. It took me, took me ages to write that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just summing up the night, we've covered the letter A tonight, just yep. to get things cracking. And uh, we talked about Beatles songs. We had A Hard Day's Night, Air Across the Universe, All I've Got to Do, All My Loving, All Things Must Pass. Remember that one? Oh, yes. All Together Now, All You Need Is Love, And Your Bird Can Sing, Another Girl, and Any Time At All. They're all the Beatle A songs. And uh, people, Beatle people, that is. There's Jane Asher, Neil Aspinall. Uh, we've covered them. Uh, also, we, we could have talked about Apple tonight. That was a big story True. all on the toe. And the Apple Scruffs, we mentioned them just for a minute or two as well. In terms of Beatle places, we looked at Admiral Grove, where Ringo came from. Um, we looked at Allerton, well, Allerton Cemetery. It's full of Beatle connections with all, old family and history and family trees. The Anglican Cathedral in Liverpool, that's a big deal because Paul did his uh, oratorio in there. He did. And uh, there's Ardwick Road, where Paul used to live. Arnold Grove, where George used to live. Aye. There's Abbey Road. Aye. More can be said about that. Uh, uh, there's, uh, there's, I tested you last time on this one. Maybe you've remembered. Anello and David. Anello and David. Ooh, sound like... Um, An Arnello and David. Anello. Sound like a... Uh, xylophone playing act <laughs> on a, well it was on based in stage. London based in London no they didn't make no, xylophones they made no. they made Chelsea boots ah. so that's where the Beatles noticed these fancy boots that right. became Beatle boots and they were made by cobblers more or less those shoemakers Anello and David very posh sure. yeah and I was I was going to mention uh, Almeria tonight but I never had a chance and Almeria is where John went when he filmed the movie How I Won the War. But we've got a question about that, and we're going to lead right up to that now. So here we are, folks, ready for the finale to come. We're going to talk about the <laughs> Beatle quiz answers from Mark and Col. Right. OK. Ah. Good evening. Here's a joke. How many nitwits does it take to make a podcast? Well, listen to the Beatle Places podcast with Mark and Col to find out. Hope you're enjoying the show, everybody. Oh. You're listening to Beatle Places podcast, the letter A, with Mark and Col. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. Good night. Not, not yes. Not oh, yet. sorry, sorry. Yes. I was just getting my shoes take on. Take your coat then. off. Take your oh, coat off. Right. Right, I did a quiz. You but did? I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do your answers for your quiz first and my answers for this quiz next. Okay, then. What I want to know is, yeah. what song did George Harrison first play the sitar on? Any idea? Hmm. So it wouldn't have been off the Sgt Pepper album. So let's forget that. It was no. on a single. And it was on Norwegian Wood. It was correct, Amundo. Because yeah. he bought it from 
He bought it from a shop in London called India Craft. India Craft, India that's Craft. right. It's a yeah. nice cheap model. Yeah. Held together with sellotape. Well, that... <laughs> October the 12th, 1965, no, it was recorded. When I see people playing sitars, I go, how the bloody hell do you play that? Oh, I no. can play a guitar, but I can't play that. So what's the title of the song, then? Um, uh, have I, didn't I just say it? Go on. Norwegian Wood. And... This beard has flown. Correct. Yeah. Ah, yeah, you've got to finish it off properly. <laughs> oh, just got, just got in there. Otherwise, the uh, hatchet of time would have... Yeah, the, the jury would have uh, pulled the trap door and that yeah. would have been me gone somewhere right. down the Mersey by now. Right, should I do my other yeah, question? Yeah, carry on, kid. Right, uh, who was with Paul when he fell off his uh, moped on Boxing Day in 1965 while riding his moped in Wirral? Well, he cut his lip very badly and required stitches. Do you know where it was he crashed as well? Yeah, we do. Uh, I do, yeah. So um, mm. the poor, unfortunate guy he was with <laughs> yep. was a um, posh fella uh, from London called Tara Brown. Correct. He was the heir to the Guinness fortune, the Guinness beverage fortune. Yep. Uh, 22, 21 years of age. He was younger than that, maybe. When he, yeah. when he died, he was 21. Uh, yeah. Well, he was a mate of Mike McCartney's who sort of uh, hung around with Paul as well. Couldn't help himself, really. He came up on yeah. Boxing Day. And uh, he, uh, him and Paul had a laugh. And he went to go and see Paul's relatives, the Robbins family, in a place called Bebbington. Bebbington. Mm. So this involved driving from Heswell, where Paul had a nice big house. I went past it yesterday. And uh, he drove to, he went to Bebbington on these mopeds. And um, they did know how to manage them. It was dark. It was moonlit. I think they were a bit drunk and um, maybe something else besides that. Skidded off the road and... Skidded off the road, hit the kerb, mm. tooth chipped, lip cut, big stitches, big black eyes. Aye. So what happened was um, Paul got to his, his relative's house, the Robbins family, and they immediately rang up a doctor who they knew, you know, got on the quiet. Yep. And this doctor was a fellow called Dr Pip Jones. Whoa. Whole story all on its own, mm. another time, another place. Right. Okay, finally, question mm. number three in the Beatles Buster Brain thing quiz. Here goes my brain cells. Right. <laughs> All you need is love on the BBC. Mm. Uh, the, the BBC's programme, Our World Live. The worldwide link-up of satellites all over the world on June the 25th, 1967. Now, what I want to know is, what was the estimated viewing figure for that programme? Worldwide, we're talking, aren't we? Worldwide, that's everywhere. So how big's the world? Oh, it's at least three, but three feet by big. yeah, three feet by flipping nine. Big at least. Um, couple of countries without tellies, or let's say five hundred million people. Oh no, a bit gone a bit mad there. Uh, <laughs> three hundred million. Oh, as as few as that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's not Very much. Bad, is it? Yeah. Well, you had a bad night then. Three hundred million. Yeah, three hundred million. That's not much. Not bad going really for uh, nineteen sixty-seven. <laughs> not it's not bad at all. Yeah. No, yeah, good. Um, Good question, yeah. I knew I'd get it kind of wrong. And I can't remember if it was black and white or colour. I think it was. The, the, the anthology of video has been coloured. Yeah. The way we would have seen telly in, in that era was in black and white, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Bits of it were in colour, I think. Bits of it Oh, I think were you might be right black there, and white, yeah. I think. yeah. There was definitely film. More investigation required. Mm, mm. So that's my half of the Brain Buster quiz. Well, yeah, OK. Right. So, uh, now Tax me, please. Now it's my half. My brain is going to hurt. <laughs> right, everyone, just watch, watch Mark's ears for, bl for blood. Here we go. Uh, who's who? John Lennon questions. 
Name the soldier John played in the movie How I Won the War. I think his name was Private Gripweed. Oh, well done. Private Gripweed is correct. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what his first name was. Oh, no, that's a great question. Uh, um, I think it was something ordinary, like Stanley or something like that. Oh. Um, you'll, you'll Google that while I'm looking it up. I will, yeah. Um, so what park did John play in as a kid, as a boy, opposite his home? It was opposite, it was, that was the clue. Opposite his home. Opposite his home. Park. Mm. Well, there's Stanley. Stanley Park's Park. in Everton. Aye. Yeah. So that's nowhere near you. No, it's, no. That's mad. Uh, Central Park. That's no, in, that's... That's Wallasey. That's, that's nowhere near you. <laughs> I would say Sefton. Sefton Park. No. 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 Calderstones. Ah, Calderstones. Was. It's coming back to you <clears> now. It's where, it's, where, um, yeah. it's where the big white house is and the bank is and all them. So and and if you, you can do the walk for John went from home to school ah. if you go through Calderstones as well. So it's Calderstones. In fact, the Beatles... Um, it's a... It's a I think it's a Neolithic site, it, it's, if I remember Yeah, rightly. it's something to do with the stones, isn't it? When I was alive, I we used to go there. <laughs> so Calderstones is the name of the Beatles video company now. If you look up YouTube, ah. all the videos are copyrighted by Calderstones Productions. Ah. Just a little side comment. What was John's favourite number? Everybody knows it's number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. You've said it once. Number nine. I'm yeah. doing it nine. And times. that voice was taken from a, um, a BBC test record as well. That voice. Really, I thought, it was George, I thought for a long time it was George Martin. No, it was a test record. Oh um, right, I'm with for you. doing different tones and stuff like that. Uh -huh. When you test your hi-fi and stuff like that, but I think it was a, a test record, hi-fi test record, and um, it was like different frequencies. Or whatever it was I see, to I check it. out yeah. your hi-fi system. Yeah, oh, clever and stuff. Number nine was number nine. Yeah. Well, they had a lot of sound effects records on Beatles records. Yeah. Um, and that's another time as well. Uh, so, uh, next question came up: What Liverpool rhyme did John use in the song "I Am the Walrus"? Ah, well, there's um, there's a few in that song. Really, it could have been uh, one of a. A few various it ones. It could be, but the main, the main one, the, the one, main one we all laugh at because it's it's our kind of old school song, isn't it? So old school. Yellow matter custard. Yellow matter custard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I was going to recite the poem. Maybe it's a bit grim, uh, gr gruesome, but uh, I'll have a go at it. Mm. It, it goes like this. Anyone who's uh, from not round here will not have heard this before. The full poem goes: Yellow matter custard. Green snot pie, all mixed together with the dead dog's eye. You slap it on a butty, nice and thick, and you swallow it down with a cold cup of sick. Yep. Lovely. <laughs> and apologies for that. No, apologies for anyone been, who doesn't uh, feel very well just after having their all that's been said and very done. Very sorry. Finally, Mark. Yeah. Um, which hospital did son Julian get born in in April of 63 in Liverpool? It's in Liverpool. Where oh, was it? I've forgotten. Um, you drive past it a couple of times a week, I'm, I'm certain of it. If you're going towards Allison Aye. or Wavertree or whatever. It slipped my mind. It's Sefton General ah, Hospital. Right. Now, that happens to be the same hospital Julia was born in, Julia Lennon died in, ah. and uh, Bobby Dykins, her common-law husband, died in as well. Ah, yeah. A couple of bit of history there. So, Sefton General Hospital. It's not there anymore. No. Nope, nope. And uh, more's the pity for that. So there you go, some questions about John Lennon, and Mark did really well with them, so congrats. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Do I get a, a prize? No, just this slap on the back. Oh.
No chocolate biscuits. No, no, I'm all like... Rosette. <laughs> crown. You're not a horse, are you? Okay. Crown, right. no, no. Did you look up grip weed by any I, chance? I will, I will have a look. Uh, so shall we pause for a moment? Yeah. This is the Beetle Places podcast with Mark and Cole. Please keep your hands inside the vehicle at all times. Well, everyone, we've done a little bit of research on the subject of what was John Lennon's actor's name, uh, the name of John Lennon played in the movie How I Won the War, and he played the character Private Gripweed, and we asked the question... What was Private Gripweed's first name? So that's our... Uh, that's your, um, <laughs> we, your we don't, mission. We you, don't know. If you choose to accept yeah. it, um, <laughs> is to find out... What was his first name? Please let us know. Yeah, we, we've looked on the internet, but all we all we're getting are Viagra adverts, and we don't need that. So, um, yeah, don't. we, we uh, were stuck this time around, and we, we thought we knew a lot of stuff, but we don't know everything, no. as you can tell. So all we can do now is wrap up the show, our first show called Beatles with an A. Ah. Say, mm-hmm. say tar very much for listening. It's been kind of okay, hasn't it? It's been it has, right, yes. Everything it? went uh, fairly yeah, smoothly. Even the machinery's working tonight. Yes, you wound it up properly. The, the new spring in. Boing! And um, <laughs> it seems to be working okay. So thank you for listening and putting up with this load of old cobblers. We'll be back, though. We'll, we'll be back. Aye, eventually. And we'll do another letter, possibly... B! Yes! Well... Blow me down. Blow me down. <laughs> By Jove. <laughs> and thank you again for listening. It'll be worth your while if you tune in again. We'd love your comments, and especially if you've got answers to questions we couldn't answer. Yeah. Uh, Mark and Carl are off. We've got to go. Get in touch and let us know how everything uh, is going down your end. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good night. To- toodle pips. From Mark and Carl. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Beetle Places podcast with Mark and Col. We hope to see you again real soon and don't forget to visit the gift shop on the way out.